guys, we give it up for this worship team. Every single week they pour it out, and it's such a blessing uh, to have these guys. I was looking at Ryan just because I wanted him to keep playing, not because I thought he was done. I just When the guy plays the guitar, I love it. Uh, you guys, if you don't know me, my name is Chip. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here. So I invited my, my friends in here to hang out with me tonight because you all make me nervous. So we're going to hang out with them. We're going to jump right into it tonight. Um, I, I was notified last night at 9 o'clock that I'd be speaking today. Uh, so I believe God gave me something concise, something quick. So I'm not going to add a whole lot of my thoughts to it. We're just going to jump right in. Amen. Would you turn to Romans 4? Tonight we're going to take a quick look at some keys that Abraham used to receive. I think it's, it's a story that we all know, but there's some good reminders there, some really simple things. And uh, when I was in school, we had something called Cliff's Notes. It was when we didn't want to read the entire uh, book that was assigned to us. We got to read just the Cliff Notes version, which was the highlights of each chapter and what your teachers might possibly put on the test. So tonight we're going to go through, we're just going to read a little bit about the story of Abraham and give you some of the Cliff's Notes or the Chip's Notes, whatever you want to call it tonight, um, so that you guys can have those. Take some notes, I'll encourage you, it's always good to go back and to listen, uh, but write down the things that God puts on your heart as, as the Word is ministered tonight. There's things that, that you'll write in your notes that I won't have said, and you'll go, where did that come from? That's because the Spirit's trying to witness with you tonight, amen? Romans 4, verse 1. What shall we say then? that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. So we're going to start in verse 1, because this is really going to point out what we can learn through Abraham's uh, fleshly experience. Skip down to verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was also not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us, also. So this section, we're just going to look at some keys from Abraham's story, some key takeaways. And the first one, if you're writing notes, be not weak in faith. And and as I was reading this story, and I've had my own life experiences, and you guys have as well, uh, I have a question for you. Do you think Abraham started off not being weak in faith? No. Where do we start our spiritual walk? Pretty weak in faith. Right? All we knew was, was, was how to get saved, and that was it. And then from then, it's been a growing process. So you remember the story. He had a hard time believing God, and, and even after years of trying to believe, and uh, he started to take things in his own manner, and they, they had a son through a, handmaid, a handmaiden that wasn't the way that God was going to intend it. So he, he didn't necessarily be was walking in, in faith the entire time. It was a growing process for him. He had to grow in faith. And I think it's funny that uh, even though he had his own faith struggles, when his wife laughed, he kind of scolded her too, right? <laughs> Sounds like a husband. Uh, and I think, uh, important note, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And I think that's why we're all here tonight, right? Uh, you don't care what I have to say. You have to care what the Word has to say. And if you ever come just to hear a man speak, go home. It's not about what any man stands up here and tells you. If they're not pointing you back to the Word of God, it ain't worth nothing. Uh, number two, from Abraham, consider not your own body. Now, this is a tough one. Um, 
Sarah and Abraham knew their own bodies. It said he was about 100 and she wasn't far behind. Uh, she was past the age to conceive. He was old. Let's be real. They had a better chance of breaking each other's hips than having a kid. <laughs> but, but it was consider not your own body. Right? And, and I think that's so often we look at uh, our own circumstance. We look at our own body. We look, we look at the things surrounding us. You know, I, I, I can't receive because. Well, I'm too sick or I'm too far gone because. And, and what I think is important in Abraham's example is to consider not your own body. Your job is to believe the word, not to focus on the problem or the circumstance that changes. Key takeaway number three. Know the promise of God concerning you. God heard, heard Abraham's prayer and promised him a child, and then some. He promised him a lot. He had a promise from the Father, and so do you concerning your healing. Abraham refused to let go of that promise and spent years believing. And you know, as you get older, the circumstances got harder and harder, and it seemed more impossible and more impossible to have a kid. But I love this part because knowing the promises of God means you don't have to worry about what it looks like is happening. You don't have to be worried about the circumstance, where you're headed, how, how the circumstance or the sickness, the illness has taken a turn for the worst. You don't have to worry about that because we know God's promise. He continued to believe and hold on to the promise. God had, hit, had given him a word to hold on to. He's given you a book full of promises for healing for you to hold on to. Number four, being fully persuaded. Uh, I, I love that phrasing because I think most of the church nowadays uh, are just partially convinced that God wants them healed, right? Where it says be fully persuaded, not partially convinced, not willing to just try out this healing thing. Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said he would do. And guess what? God did it. You guys know how the story goes. We're here. <laughs> there was a, uh, several years ago, I was at a, a charity function. I got to meet someone um, who had visited our church, and, and it, long story short, um, it was a gentleman whose daughter had passed away um, from an illness, and they didn't, they didn't necessarily know what God's will was for healing, and, and they'd heard of our church, they'd heard of healing school, so they came on a Sunday night like we're sitting here tonight, uh, but retelling the story years after she had passed away, he told the story as they came as kind of a last-ditch effort, you know, kind of, well, we'll see if this works. And in in that story popped in my head today when I was preparing for the message because nothing about that had them fully persuaded. God's not something you just try out. And that's, and that's unfortunate the way that their situation turned out. And I'll praise God, she's in heaven. They're, they're Christian. She's in heaven and she's running and jumping on streets of gold. And I think that's such a great picture. But God has so much more for us. But our job is to be fully persuaded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and should not expect to receive anything. Abraham wasn't convinced from the start, but he got there. If you're not fully persuaded about God's will for your healing, let's start tonight. When Abraham was able to be fully persuaded, he opened the door for God to do what he said he would do, and he'll do the same for you. Now here's one. <laughs> how, many, how many of you on your day-to-day -day interact with other people? Everyone in here, right? Isn't that such a blessing sometimes? Aren't other people such a blessing, especially when you're trying to stand in faith for receiving something from God, right? I think I made a note in here. It says, don't let others talk you out of God's promises for you. They will try. That's why you need to be fully persuaded. People and circumstances will tell you healing is not yours, but God says that it is. 
And then at the end of Abraham's little story that we wrote, verse 24 just quickly says this is an example for us as well. This wasn't just a story to say, congratulations, Abraham got what he wanted from God. This is an example for us. If you look at Abraham, God told him and God honored his word. God has told you that he wants you healed. That's what the Bible says. He will honor that word. That's our example. So tonight as we, as we go through, and that went a lot faster than I thought it would. Yep. I'm not done, I promise. Uh, but tonight it's my hope that we can start to get some of the questions answered. Uh, start to, to shift your mind if you're not already there to be fully persuaded that God wants you happy, healthy, blessed, and anointed. My mom used to walk around singing that song, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm blessed, I'm anointed, I'm filled with the power of God. We should all sing that every day. You can't sing without a smile on your face. I know I can't. She didn't sing the best, but it would always make me smile. The, the past few Sundays, Pastor Mike has been talking about deception. You guys been here on Sunday mornings? It's been really, really good, really eye-opening, and uh, really kind of makes you check on, up on all of the things that you're believing in, right? There's, there's a lot of things that we hear or catch wind of, uh, and a lot of people pay attention to those, except for the ones that are fully persuaded on God's Word. I think we can all agree that the church at large is very deceived on the topic of healing. No one can give you a straight answer as to what they believe or why they believe it. No one has the courage to answer or say that God wants you healed, that wants all of us healed, except for Pastor Mike. <laughs> right? We're so blessed to be here in a church where the word is constantly shoved down your throat. Just open your mouth and eat it, please. He can't, he, he's trying his best to spoon feed us, but we have to be able to receive. But I'm so grateful for a pastor who doesn't hold back the truth of the word. God wants you healed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The church is so deceived on healing. You hear people talk about it, uh, and it's it's not even just deception. It's just they're completely confused. And if you're completely confused about God's stance on healing, how can you ever be fully persuaded? If you're confused, you're not going to be fully persuaded to be able to receive like Abraham. What comes to mind, it's in Mark 10, if you want to flip over there. It shows up in several of the Gospels. We'll, we'll read through in Mark. The story of the rich young ruler. Mark 10, we'll start in verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all of these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Speaking the truth in love, it's about to get him. And said unto him, One thing thou lacks, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at the saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions." Now, this is the same guy that just went running and kneeling to Jesus, saying, what can I do to be saved? What can I do to inherit eternal life? And then he doesn't like the answer that he gets. So he goes away sad. Yes, he had every opportunity to get exactly what he asked for from Jesus. But what was holding him back? Was it the things that he had worked for? Maybe he inherited all these things. I don't know. He had honored his father and mother, so there's probably some inheritance there. 
What was the thing that was holding him back? And, and, and if we can answer this question, I think a lot of this relates to our attitude towards healing as well. He clearly was not fully persuaded like Abraham was. Jesus told him, give away all your stuff and I'll give you a treasure that really matters. But he couldn't let go. He staggered at Jesus' promise and he ended up walking away. And when I read this story, I just see one of the biggest deceptions that the devil uses every single day. That's false humility or pride. Like this young man, many of us have come to God, falling at his feet, asking for something, but not willing to do what he asks of us. Anybody else guilty? Don't raise your hand. I saw some of you start to raise your hand. And what I want to kind of outline tonight, one of the biggest, the biggest deceptions, one of the biggest hindrances for us receiving, I'll say this is completely my opinion, but just when I talk to people on a day-to-day basis, when I, when I go on Facebook way more often than I should, one of the biggest reasons that people don't receive anything from God, let alone healing, is they have a misunderstanding of what it means to humble themselves. So we're going to look at a couple things tonight. The meaning of being humble or humility has become so convoluted that most people think that it means you just have to deal with whatever comes, you just get beat up, you just have to accept it, and barely make it through life. There's three ideas or statements that I want to outline tonight and kind of combat um, on the topic of healing. And all of them sound really humble, sound really spiritual, but don't be deceived, all of them are rooted in pride. First one, if it is God's will. We hear that all the time, right? It's such a statement of, you know, when somebody says it, they're trying to be spiritual, they're trying to be extra humble, I'm just doing whatever God has me to do, this is, you know, I'm just going to do God's will, or I just hope it's His will for me to be healed. It's such a statement of false humility. If our example is to be fully persuaded concerning God's promises, how can we ever be fully persuaded if we don't know what His promise is? So here's the quick answer to that one, if it's God's will. 1 Timothy 2. You can make a note. You can flip there. They'll put it on the screen. We're going to read verses 3 and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God wants us to be saved. Yay, Chip, that's not what we're talking about. Now, last time we spoke, Pastor Mike talks about it, and you can all probably answer in unison. This word saved, what, what is the real word? Sozo, right? You guys are all a little hesitant. You're like, where's he going with this? And we've talked about it before. Pastor Mike talks about it. Don't believe us. Go, go hit Bible Gateway. Go see what it means. Go, go exercise your right to figure out the truth, Right? Go check it out. But it means to rescue, to make safe, to make sound, to make whole. That means healed. God who will have all men to be saved. God who will have all men to be sozoed. God who will have all men to be healed. Saved means to rescue, make safe, sound, and whole. God wants all men healed. His promise concerning your healing is yes. God's will for everyone is to be healed. And walk in health. Guys, God's will concerning your health, your healing, your well-being should not even be a question. It's an absolute yes. He wants us all to be healed. That's why you never see Jesus having to flip a coin. Heads, he's healed. Tails, sucks for you. That's not how it went in the Bible. God wants all to be healed. That verse, when it's talking about all men to be saved, that's talking about the entire world. How much more for his kids? How much more for his kids? Statement two, another one rooted in pride. 
And I outline these things honestly because these are statements I've heard in the church. Not just internet chatter. These are things that uh, well-meaning people just have the wrong concept of humility, so they say things like this. Statement number two, I can deal with it. Pastor Mike's told this story, and I don't remember uh, all the details, so forgive me. Uh, but there was a lady that had come to some healing meetings. I don't remember if it, was, if it was Brother Hagen or who it was. But some healing meetings, and I don't know if it was, was respiratory or, or couldn't see or what it was, but had something severely going on uh, health-wise. And came to the meetings and believed and went down to the, the altar at the end of one of the service. Uh, and let's just call it vision for tonight, right? <laughs> let's, 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 let's just call it vision. I don't know if that's what it was, so forgive me if the details are wrong. But came down to receive her healing had hands laid on her, completely healed and restored. Amen, right? Turns around and starts limping down the aisle to go home. Pastor stops her. Young lady. I don't think she was young, but we say that to be nice. Young lady. God can handle that too. God will take care of that too. She simply waved and said, no, I'm okay. What a statement of pride. God doesn't want to just deal with your big stuff. He wants to deal with it all. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. You don't have to turn there. Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. God said, come to me and I'll give you rest. So cast it all on God, not just some of it. And I know in my life, in times past, I'll give God certain areas. If I'm struggling in finances, I'll give God my finances, but I'll hold on to battling this flu by myself. Or if I'm sick, I'll hold on to that and then let another area slip in wisdom and direction. I'll believe for healing, but, but let slip wisdom and direction. God said, give it all to him, not just some. That lady completely missed out on God's plan for her life. God's will for her life is complete restoration. Not vision or whatever the problem was, coming back and then limping down the aisle. God wanted that lady to be whole from head to toe. Not limping back out of that room. And she missed it because she had an attitude of false humility. I can do it, God. Don't worry, I got it. God doesn't need you to just deal with it and move on. His will for you is to be healed. He doesn't need for you to just live with it. I made some notes. Don't get comfortable in your sickness. Keep fighting. Don't accept the prideful spirit that you can live with it. God said you didn't have to, so don't. Be humble and do what God says. Give it to Him and be healed. Statement number three. God can use the sickness for His glory. Only way that God can get glory from your sickness is when it's gone. I think it's, it's interesting that we try to justify our sickness for God's glory. We may not say that He gave it, he gave it to us, but He's going to use it. God doesn't need to use your sickness. The world is full of sick people. He didn't need His disciples or anybody that went out. He didn't need the 70 to be sick and get healed to show His glory. He called them to live a life of sozo salvation so they could go out and heal others. Your sickness is not for God's glory. You're called to be whole so you can go share that with the world. Amen? There's a, a very popular speaker, in, and I've never been faced with, with a situation like that. A very popular speaker that has some disabilities, and he gives a great... Uh, a great testimony and a great message about enduring and going on. 
And there's, there's thousands of people every year that, that listen to him. And, and many people come to, come to God and know, know about Jesus through him. It's an emotional message and it gets the point across, get to heaven. God's with you, get to heaven. But I think of things like this and, and how popular this, this gentleman is. And I'm not criticizing his ministry, but I always think to myself, man, what if your arms and legs grew back? Jesus healed maimed people. That's missing limbs. What if, what if you stood in faith and believed that God would do what he said in his word, that he would heal all of your diseases, that we completely restore you? What if you believe that and confessed it and lived by it and held tight to the promise like Abraham and you were fully persuaded and one day you're on stage and all of a sudden your right leg grows back? It happens. We had kids years ago... Uh, that went to Disneyland and prayed for somebody and saw the results on the spot. You guys, this stuff happens. Our God is real. These things happen, but so much we get content with being where we're at. We get content with being sick or or just being at this level. We might have had a really terrible day yesterday, and so today's day I'm content with because it's not as bad as yesterday. Don't get complacent in your sickness. Be fully persuaded that God has more for you. The speaker that I was talking about, if we looked at the, the shortcuts or the cliff notes of Abraham that we were talking about, he considers his own body. He considers his own body his trial, his struggle. God didn't give you your body to be a struggle for you. He didn't give, it, give you your body so that's your testimony of overcoming the shortcomings in your own body. That's not what it was all about. God called you to be completely healed and restored so that you can show people what a life of sozoed salvation looks like. He's missing it. He's, con- he's considering his own body and he doesn't hold fast to the promise. He doesn't know the promise that God wants him completely restored. God wants those limbs to grow back. But if he doesn't know the promise, he can't be fully persuaded. Your body or your sickness, your condition should not be a consideration. Your focus should be on the will of God to heal you, not to stay where you're at. So much of the church message is you can make it. Come on Sunday, we'll, we'll help you get through to next week. But we're called to be overcomers. So much of the church message is you can make it, even if you stay sick for your entire life. God is with you. Just, just be okay with that. You know, my mom passed away sick. And God had more for her. And it's, I've never been in that situation. It's tough. It's a struggle. It's a fight. Don't get complacent being sick. That's not for you. That's not what God wants for you. God wants you happy, healthy, blessed, and anointed. Don't believe me, I'll show you. Can you see the deception in these statements? They sound so great. They sound so spiritual, especially when we're talking to other Christians. You know, by the grace of God, I'll make it. Yes, you will. So quit acting like that's a question. We're going to flip to James 4, verse 10. Humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Can I suggest something to you? That if your humility or your definition of humility leaves you in your current situation, it's not true humility. 
that verse says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. God will lift you up. It doesn't say, humble yourself and God will leave you right where you're at. He's not going to leave you sick. That's not where He wants you. But some of these statements that we've talked about are exactly the mentality that, that we have. I've been there. I'm not just speaking at you. I'm speaking with you. Does that make any sense? If I get a cold, sometimes I get complacent with it, knowing that it's, oh, my kids had a 48-hour flu yesterday. Now it's my turn. You get complacent. Those things should not be. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. If you walk in true humility, God will lift you up. It's His will to lift you up and heal you. True humility says God's word is bigger than my circumstance. So I choose to stand strong, fully persuaded that he shall bring it to pass. Humility takes God at his word. Psalms 91, if you would flip there, please. Psalms 91, 14. We'll read down through 16. Most scholars agree this is God speaking back to the psalmist. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You guys, what a great Cliff's Notes version. What a great Chip's Notes version (laughs) concerning the easy way in, in knowing God's will for you. And his stance on healing. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Notice in verse 16, with long life. You guys know what long life means? Long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Your life is meant to be long and satisfying. It's meant to be long and satisfying because that's how long it's going to take God to show you the fullness of His salvation. Here we go. Here's that word salvation again. Anybody want to guess this word? Not sozo, tricked you. We're in the Old Testament. This is Hebrew, not Greek. I don't, I don't know what that means. Yes, you're exactly right, Larry. I'm not going to try, to try to say the word Yeshua. Is that how you say it? Any guesses to what this word salvation means? Deliverance, aid, victory. Prosperity, health, welfare, well-being, a healthy life. It's essentially the same thing as sozo. It's good to know our God doesn't change. Amen? God wants to satisfy you with long life. He wants you to have a long life so He can satisfy you by showing you what a life filled with Yeshua, with sozo, with salvation. God wants you healed because He has set His love upon me. There's key number one. Set your love upon God. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. God will answer your prayer of faith for healing. I will be with you in times of trouble. I will deliver him. He will deliver you from sickness and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. He wants your life to be long and full. We let him do that for you. We let God show you his salvation. Guys, key takeaways from tonight, and I'm wrapping up. Can we set aside false humility? Can we set aside our own pride, however you want to define that term? Can we set that aside and simply receive from God? 
Being a child of God, being saved, being sozoed, being Yeshua. Your job's to receive. How hard was it for you to get saved? Believe in your heart and receive. Believe, say, and receive. That same word that we, that we call salvation is the same way, the same, the same exact way that God wants you to be healed. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth, simply receive. Humility, and I had to learn this lesson. I, I would give off this false, this false humility persona. When people would give me a compliment, I would always deflect it. And finally, one person one day told me to shut up and just receive it. That was humbling. Because what I was doing was prideful. I, I, I was trying to be humble. Oh, you know, it's not me, it's the band. You know, thank you, that's very nice, but just receive it. God wants you healed, just receive it. Don't get in your head about why you don't deserve it. Don't get uh, complacent in being sick. And for goodness sakes, be selfish about healing. God's church is supposed to be healthy so you can go. If, you ha- if you're sick and you can't go, you're not able to do what God wants us to be doing, and that's go into the world and heal people. Yeah. Don't get complacent. And for goodness sakes, understand that you are important. God has called each one of us for a separate time, for a separate place. He put you in your family for a reason. He wants you healed so you can minister to those people. You are important. I say important like Shaney because I watched her speak for 10 years. Important is how I would say it, but she makes sure you pronounce it. Be selfish about your healing. Not in a bad way. Don't take that and throw it out of context and say, I'm never coming back to Foothill Family Church. It's okay to accept the promises of God in your life. It's okay to hold on to those for you. You know, my mom um, passed away when I was 20, and and what she had said, and you guys have heard me speak on this before, was that she wanted to make sure her boys were okay. She just wanted to be okay for her boys to get through high school. Man, and I'm so glad she was there that long, but I wish she would have been a little more selfish about her healing, because her healing has nothing to do with me. Yes, I love her here, but be selfish in your healing for you. God wants you to have a long life, not just so your kids can see you, God wants you to be there for you. Because He has a plan for you. It's okay to be selfish in that one. Hold on to it. Don't get complacent. And know without a shadow of a doubt that God's will for you is to be healed. Amen? Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you uh, that your word is true. That we never have to question what your will for us concerning healing is. We know that with an absolute resounding, never changing, never wavering answer, you stamped it yes. From the Old Testament to the New, whether it's Greek or Hebrew, your word salvation is meant for us to include everything that we would ever need in this life to do the work that you've called us to do. As a church body, we thank you that that includes our healing. Father, we thank you that as your kids... We're not called to be sick, so we rebuke the spirit of sickness. We're open to receive, Lord. Sickness has no place here. You've called us to be well so we can go and be a light to others. 
Yes, we can minister while we're sick, but a greater ministry is when we are fully standing on our feet, charging the gates of hell. Help each one in here to understand that you love them, Father God, and your love includes everything that they would need. Healing, provision, restoration. Anything that we would need to fulfill your plans and purposes, that's what you included in this word, salvation. So just as we received you as our Lord and Savior, we receive your healing tonight, Lord. We fully believe that it's your will, and when we believe, we say it out loud. God, it is your will for me to be healed, so I am healed in Jesus' name. Help us to boldly declare that in the face of our critics. (laughs) To declare that in the face of our family and friends that just see a condition getting worse. We know the truth. As Abraham and Sarah got older, the condition got worse and looked grimmer. But you made the impossible happen, God. You restored. You made the parts function that needed to function. And we command that tonight. Whatever's needed in this place muscles to line up, bones to line up, blood to line up, just the way that you created it. Complete restoration simply by believing you and your word, having faith and being fully persuaded that you're able to do what you promised. Your promise concerning our healing is an absolute yes. We receive that tonight, Father God. We praise you, Lord. You are good. Thank you that your love for us never fails. Holy Spirit, bring things to our remembrance. Bring uh, the Cliff's notes from tonight to our remembrance when we're down and discouraged, when we're battling sickness, or when we just get disheartened. Holy Spirit, help us to continue to be strong in faith, to not consider the circumstance, to stand fast on the promise of God and be fully persuaded. God, we know that you perform your word. We thank you that it's done. We stand in agreement with each one here. You know the needs, Father God. They've cried out to you and your word says when they call, you answer. And your answer for healing is yes. God, we love you. Thank you for Pastor Mike and his family. Bless them as they're away. Thank you for Scott Stewart coming in. That every time that he words come out of his mouth, it's life. That you lead and guide him, Father God. Thank you for this amazing church body that loves on one another, encourages one another, and points each other back to your word. Fully persuaded that the answer for healing is yes. If you can agree with that, would you say amen? Before you go, would you turn around, shake hands with somebody, and tell them, be healed in Jesus' name. We love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday with Scott Stewart. Have a great week.